Welcome aboard the BK Escape Pod. That's right, it's the augmented and bionic podcast version of the live show. You can hear us Saturdays from 10 a.m. till 12 p.m. Eastern on 100.3 FM and AM 1450 WBHF Radio. You can stream the show live there Saturdays at WBHFradio.org or on the free TuneIn app. Look out, here we go. Stand by for launch. Stand by to receive our transmission. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. That are alive, you are coming with me. The Force will be with you. Always. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. You got to watch speech to text because I was going down the road and I had the CD player up pretty loud and I was listening to a compact disc of Richard Pryor and he was telling a story <laughs> with very colorful metaphors that Richard Pryor likes to use and I was in the middle and I had I had to stop and you know I was sitting there eating at a you know you'd go up to Sonic and eat you know you drive up and get the food and they bring it out to you yeah. it used to be on roller skates but that's long gone sitting there eating my food at Sonic and I'm listening to the CD and I had to turn it down because I had the windows down you know but I'm listening to Richard Pryor you know do his do his shtick while I'm texting my mom and I'm doing speech to text so it's picking up my talking mm-hmm. and at the end of the text Richard Pryor was saying something s- what? What? not quite ready for air you know <laughs> and it went uh, it went into the text thing what he said the, the expletives <laughs> went right into the text perfectly and I'm like oh don't send don't that backspace 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 <laughs> so <laughs> you got to be careful about that too so that sounds like that's never happened to you so uh, uh no it, ha- it happens to me all the time because I so listen to by. talk radio Oh, and that, that and translates times, to text? Oh, and, and wow. And sometimes I'm leaving a message. I'm trying to think, where did all these extra words come from? <laughs> Somebody on the radio is on and here. And if you, if you go like every third word, it's like traffic on 75. <laughs> Which you're like, but I it's in, it's interspersed with what I'm saying. It's like, what the heck? But uh, Well, what, then what? Let me ask this. When we text to speech, which you and I do that a lot, and you know how many times it misfires and says the wrong thing when you're speaking. It'll just mess up. It'll mess up a word or, right. or goof up. But it never will when it's picking it up off a speaker. It's always perfectly spelled out. I'm like, why didn't it do that when I'm actually speaking? Must, me, must mean we're talking either too fast or not clear enough. Maybe we're not enunciating. Mine's probably the latter. Much the second. Not, I'm not enunciating. I had a monkey. His name Friend. <laughs> How come this text says why? I called him Friend. <laughs> I called him Friend. <laughs> oh, let me give out the number. 770-386-1450 if you want to give us a call about anything that I'm talking about today. And I'm going to be talking about quite a bit today along with telling you about this day in history. Let me just see what I got here. Uh, did you hear about the dog attack? The little kid that saved his sister from I the dog did. attack? And, and the uh, and the message he got from Chris Evans, Captain America himself. I'll, I did not I'll talk that. about that. We'll even play the clip of, of Chris Evans' message to this kid. And I got I got something from But he uh, was a true hero. He was, man, from what he did. We'll, we'll get into that later because it's a it's a fantastic uh, story. Uh, from Giant Freaking Robot website, there's a, there's a kind of an op-ed here from uh, Leanna Keen about coronavirus may shut down the movie movie theater industry and no new movies until 2021 and i'm like i hope it's not i hope we don't go that go that route but it's a very well written article and i want to go into that because let's let's face it it could be possible that could, right. that actually could happen so yeah, yeah. i'm preparing myself 
for that. And, and by you know the way, what? I want to add to this, yeah. not necessarily because of any true danger, but because of right, the that feel. Right, that we know of, yeah. Because of there, there is a mood open, in the country. Yeah. Uh, and some theaters, let's let's face it, there's not anything to show right now except maybe classic movies, which some of them are doing. And our local theater has just switched out a few. We'll talk about that, too, because we've gone and saw several older mm-hmm. movies that are out right now. Uh, the Russo brothers, remember those guys that they were directing Marvel movies like mm-hmm. Captain America? And, uh, uh, they did the, well, they did the second War. one. They did, um, they did yeah, uh, Winter Soldier. Winter, they did Winter Soldier. They did uh, Civil War. And did they and do the two Endgame? Of Last Avengers films. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, they've got a new big budget movie planned for Netflix that they're putting together. Just like Martin Scorsese and a lot of other directors are going to Netflix for some of their films. And uh, Netflix is the uh, the place to go for some quality movies that I think, you and I both think, are theater quality. I could have they are. In the theater. Uh, Bird Box is fan- was really good with uh, with uh, Sandra Bullock and uh, The Highwaymen with uh, with Kevin Costner about Bonnie and Clyde, which was, yes. was fantastic. About the two guys who hunted him down. Which, yeah. was, a great, which was a great movie. And uh, we got that coming up. And... Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, Ron Howard's daughter, who was in the last uh, Jurassic, the last two Jurassic World films, has took to Twitter and went with Chris Pratt to show off some of her injuries from filming Dominion, Jurassic World Dominion. And they're not they're not very serious, but she's very proud of them. Let's put it that way. <clears throat> we'll talk about that. What did she injure? I might want to check those out. Well, it's, it's just her arms. Oh. <laughs> Now, that's all she showed. She could have injured something else, too, or several other things. Right there. A superhero television series from the 70s, which was very popular at the time, is finally coming to Blu-ray. We'll talk about that. See, I'm going through all these things, and I better is get to all Shazam? of them Is that Shazam? No, it's not. Oh. And I'm glad a lightning bolt didn't go off when you said that. Let's go. Well, I was oh, thinking no. Gomer Pie. <clears throat> You're more Gomer than uh, Captain Marvel, right? Shazam. Uh, yeah, so uh, what else have I got? Fast Radio Blast. Uh, yeah, I've got a lot to talk about here, all of that, and we're going <clears> to... <throat> Listen to the golden rage of TV when we return. Talking about Baba Black Sheep with Robert oh. Conrad, a great television we show. We might have to not talk off air with that. That one. I still love to this day. Stay tuned for all of that. It's BK on the air. Bowling sure makes me hot. This is a job for Kool Aid. Hey, Kool Aid! Oh, yeah. Kool Aid's here, bringing you fun. Kool Aid's got thirst on the run. Get a big, wide, happy ear to hear Kool Aid. Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid brand soft drink. Something funny's going on. Yes, something funny's always going on with the Brady Bunch. Gosh, <laughs> that's some special kiss. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, I did. Uh-oh. They wouldn't get me into one of those suits, even if they promised me mouth-to-mouth resuscitation with Cary Grant. A funny bunch, the Brady Bunch. Every week on ABC. It really works. Never fear, Smith is here. And now back to the guy who can actually walk and chew gum at the same time. It's BK on the air. Greetings, fellow classic TV fans. The World War II drama Baba Black Sheep ran for two seasons on NBC from 1976 to 78 with a total of 36 episodes. It starred Robert Conrad in the role of the World War II flyer Gregory Pappy Boyington. Conrad served as the narrator and also directed some of the series. 
Some notable cast members were the future Night Court star John Larroquette and Magnum P.I.'s Larry Minetti. Dan Blocker's son Dirk from Brooklyn Nine-Nine was on the show as well. And Simon Oakland, who had appeared in over 130 different TV shows. However, the character of Pappy Boyington was the only non-fictional member of the cast. Loosely based on his memoir, the man himself actually made three brief cameo appearances. He was in the episodes Deadliest Enemy of All Part Two, The Fastest Gun, and Ten Will Get You Five. Appropriately, he was also the technical advisor for the show. Television was not new to Boynton, as he'd already appeared as a guest on the game show To Tell the Truth in 1957. But aside from television, you may ask, what was his claim to fame? Well, the Marine Flying Ace was personally responsible for destroying 26 Japanese planes. On one such mission under his command, his Black Sheep Squadron shot down 20 enemy planes without a single loss. So although television work never gained Pappy an Emmy, or a star on the Walk of Fame, his wartime service earned him a Purple Heart, a Navy Cross, and a Medal of Honor citation. This is Pat McCormick with your retro TV trivia from the Golden Rage of TV. You can also find me on YouTube and Facebook at Golden Rage of TV and on Twitter at Golden Rage of TV One. And now back to BK on the Air. Yo, thank you, Pat, for that golden age of TV. Bob like Black the precursor Sheep. to the 18. Well, you know, I was just about. You know what's funny is I was just about to mention that because the theme to this show was written by Mike Post and Pete Carpenter. They wrote the Rockford Files. They wrote a bunch of television themes. But I was watching this one day in the living room, and, and you and I both are big fans of this show. I loved it back when it was on. Oh yeah, again, I watched it because I'm a big. The Corsair I mean, was my favorite World War II. Oh, was it? okay, yeah, I, I liked it. I thought that the gold wing design was really cool. That was the way awesome. it looked. But uh, I've always been a, an aficionado, if you if you will, of uh, of World War II fighter planes. I, I love. Oh, I thought you were going to say of classic them. television. Well, that too. Yeah. <laughs> Which this is both, classic World War II planes and classic mm-hmm. television. But I was watching this. I'd just gotten it. You said you got it on DVD. I don't think it's been released on Blu-ray yet, but, uh, but it's on, I have it on DVD, too. And one of the channels either was showing it or, or MeTV was watching it, showing it. I don't think they do anymore. But uh, I, was, I was watching it one day, and Mrs. BK was at the kitchen, and she heard it coming on. She heard that theme start playing. And she's, she's in there doing something, and she's like... Are you watching the A Team? <laughs> I'm like, no, but it sure certainly sounds like the A Team theme when it starts. It but it's a, a very fantastic, sound. fantastic drum militaristic mm-hmm. sound of uh, of. Uh, and you know, when this show went into syndication, I don't, I think Pat, I don't think Pat mentioned this, but when it went into syndication, it was the title was changed to Black Sheep Squadron. Sometimes they'll rebrand a show when they put it in syndication, <laughs> or or they'll redub a movie, something like Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. We don't like it when they do oh, that. Yeah. I don't know why they do that, but uh, even even Y five O was was done that way. I didn't believe it. I saw an actual title sequence. If you go on YouTube and search for McGarrett late night CBS Hawaii five O, they re they didn't do they didn't redo any of the title sequences. Hawaii five O still came on. You know, with the big wave at the beginning and mm-hmm. shots of Hawaii and that cool da 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 da. But instead of the, the instead of the title Hawaii five O flying out of the screen to the, toward the camera during the uh, during the credits and the and the big wave, the the, the show was renamed McGarrett. 
like Steve McGarrett was Jack Lord's name in the show, and it was just the name McGarrett came out, and they rebranded it for CBS Late Night. I don't know. I don't know why they do that. Producers probably sit around a table and go, you know, people, if we rename this and repackage it, they won't remember that they saw it. <laughs> They'll just watch it again and think it's a whole new show on Late Night and syndication. So ba- so Black Sheep Squadron was the new name of Baba Black Sheep. And uh, I thought Robert Conrad is a fantastic action hero. He was in the he was he was in what I call the fr- the the a show called The Wild Wild West. Love which, that show. Which I which everyone called and I think rightfully so, a science fiction western. <laughs> Which is yes. kind of what it was, or it was James Bond type western. It was very exactly James Bondish because <clears throat> it was, it was very, a, like Batman too. I mean, it was an, like Batman, an early sort of espionage wing of the government, right. and yeah, they during the old these, west. I loved it. I loved that show. Uh, I still yeah. love the title sequences of that show when it would go to commercial break. Oh yeah, and little like, animation stuff. It would, would freeze yeah. on somebody, and they would turn back into the, one of the panels. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm like that was awesome. That's good. So, uh, and then but, I got so disappointed when the movie came out about ten years. Yeah, ago. Yeah, well, I was. I looked forward to it. Than that now. I'm like Barry Sonnefield directed. Uh, you know, he's a good director uh, yeah. directing the movie Wild Wild West with the. How can you go? Well, the best thing about the Wild Wild West film was Kenneth Branagh as the bad guy, uh, the, the 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 scientist you had guy. Kevin Klein. Yeah. You had uh, Will, Will Smith, Smith, and you had Kenneth. Kenneth Branagh, how can, and Salma Hayek as the female interest. How can you go wrong with that mixture? Well, and you they just want to like it, and you can't. <laughs> you can't. It's, it has its moments, but uh, it's just very cringeworthy. It's got a good score, too, by Elmer Bernstein. Great orchestra score, but right, we could do a whole so show. Many good elements We there. could do a whole show about film scores to movies that suck, <laughs> that are great. Great <laughs> film music. We could have a whole show so. on why did, why did this movie fail. Right. It had everything that should have made it a hit. Yeah. Uh, ben, Everything was ben there. Helsing, maybe and, with uh, with uh, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> great, oh, that was horrid. Great premise, you know. It was terrible though. That was horrid. <laughs> Again, though, Alan Silvestri, great score, great great score to that film, and uh, which was disappointing because Van Helsing was directed by um, by uh, Joe jo- uh, not Joe Johnson, uh, the guy that directed uh, Deep Rising. Oh, why can't I think of his name? Um, it, Stephen Summers, guy directed the first Mummy, the first two Mummy mm-hmm. films directed. Van Helsing it was terrible. The screenplay was horrible, and the performances were just these cardboard horrible. Remember the guy? I don't know if you remember, but the guy who played Dracula in it was terrible. He's a great actor otherwise, but he was terrible in that film as Dracula. It, it was felt just, it was like it felt like hey, let's just throw some really cool visual effects and put Hugh Jackman in there, and that's all we need. And uh, what about the script? Script? We don't need a script. Hey, didn't they make that same <laughs> mistake on? when they put the first Mummy movie with Tom Cruise back? When they tried to reboot That's it? That's the big mistake they it's made. That like was a huge said, letdown. Hey, we don't need to worry about anything. Tom Cruise will sell the movie. Well, you still yeah. need a story. Yeah, and it's it's the Mummy franchise. People love horror old Mummy films. They'll come and see it in droves. Now nah, they found out that that horror universe that was started ended quickly. <laughs> And that's that's terrible. Well, good now, for the horror universe that died before it even became alive. I've heard that they've restarted it with the Invisible Man. That's actually the first well, it, official movie which did well. So it's funny. I took back that on track. one of our uh, podcast episodes. I mentioned uh, with Dean of the Dead, the guy that does the uh, right on uh, the Wilder Ride. Sauces. Yeah. He, I said, you know, because of the success of Invisible Man, there's now this sort of, shh, we're not going to call it a universe, but let's go back and maybe bring up some of our other yeah. classic monsters. But the, but, but the next movies, they're going to be connected, but don't tell anybody. We're the not going to call Bride it. Bride of Frankenstein, but shh. Because if you, if you say you're going to create a cinematic universe ahead of time, yeah, you're kind of jinxing it, you know, because you're like, it may not work out. Hello, it didn't. Marvel didn't do that. Marvel just went, well, we're going to start these movies and... um. We'll go where we go and see what happens. Yeah, there was always the plan, but we didn't <laughs> yeah. say it out loud. No, we're not going to hit you over Did the you head. Did you see that documentary it. yet, though? 
on a Disney no, Plus? No, I still haven't. I've been assembling have, a universe. Yet. And uh, no, I've seen that one. Yes, I've saw that one. That one that I saw good. that one when it first came out, which that was, was really good, showing how they got all the way up to at least the first Avengers movie. Right, and there's another one that's called Stan Lee. Is another one on there about Stan Lee, which is really cool that you should watch, like 75 Years of Marvel and Stan Lee. I've seen stuff. that one. Yet. It's really good too. But back to Baba Black Sheep, great show. My dad loved it. Robert Conrad. Again, you and I talked about this too. Robert Conrad falls within that era of actor, you know, tough guys. You know, Robert Conrad. Burt Reynolds, uh, you know, name, name them from back in the day. Adam West, Clint, you know, Lee, Lee, Lee Majors, Clint Eastwood. All those guys that we grew up with, we're now seeing them. Because, you know, since, you know, a few years ago, we've, we've since lost our, our father. Our dad is gone. And those guys, kind of the age of our dad. You know, we could kind of right. mirror their ages. And now we can see... Actually, before our fathers even passed away, we can see those tough guys that we liked growing up. We could see them getting old, and it was it was hard seeing someone like a certain way all mm-hmm. your life, and they you know you don't see them for a while, and all of a sudden they're old. And I'm not complaining about people getting old; it's going to happen to everybody. But you kind of go, wow, you know, he he. I remember him as an action hero in the '70s. Now he looks like my granddad or something. <laughs> and it's not. I mean, I don't mean to say it as a joke, but it's true, and it makes us feel makes us feel a little older. Like, wow, are we creeping up and getting yes. older? Yeah, we are. You can't slow it <laughs> so, down. But I throw Robert Conrad into that group of people. And uh, it was, the show was produced by uh, Glenn Larson, Glenn A. Larson. Remember, that guy's name was on a lot of things. Everything. Including uh, Magnum P.I., uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica, the original Battlestar Galactica show, mm-hmm. and Buck Rogers. But uh, if you watch, if you watch Buck, if you watch Baba Black Sheep, some of the same directors would direct the scenes, especially uh, the ones where they're in the cockpit of the plane. You know, they'll show the stock footage of the Corsairs that they had already that they would just reuse because you don't want to shoot new footage for every episode. That's not going to be cost effective. you got to use stock footage. If Let's face it. If you need two shots of the Corsair being shot and then banking right, you're not going to shoot another one when you get, when you got three shots like that already. Just use mm-hmm. it, what you got. Well, you'll sh- you sh- cut to a shot of the Corsairs flying by the camera. Then you'll sh- the close-up of them in the cockpit of the Corsair, which is shot in the studio. It's just a fake, you know, backdrop. You mean they're the not sky. really out in the no, sky? No, I don't think Robert Conrad could fly a Corsair. I really don't think he could. <laughs> but uh, but then they'll cut to that close shot of the, of the clouds going by, the, 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 the rear projection of the thing behind them. Mm-hmm. It was shot almost exactly like Battlestar Galactica, so they always have the shots of the Vipers going by in space. Then they cut to the close of the cockpit of the Viper with the space field in the background. Mm-hmm. And even some of the same actors uh, from Magnum P.I. were in Battlestar Galactica that were in Bob Black Sheep. So they kind of used the same people and it was the same formula. It was just set in two different eras and two different Well, in areas, some ways, so. when you think about what was uh, Battlestar Galactica, it was just a, 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 a aircraft carrier in space. Right, carrying fighters and they were fighting an enemy. Right, I know, know, the, I know the whole idea into... was we're trying to escape to a world we can be free from. But yeah. I mean, it's still kind of a World War II theme. Right, and they're fighting uh, an oppressive uh, regime trying to destroy them. You know, it's all the... This, that tr- that story kind of works with everything. It does. You know, if you've got that basic story, Star Trek's got it, everybody's got it where you're fighting evil, that's good. But Battlestar Galactica was a great show, and, and I loved Baba Black Sheep. And I've got... Hearing Pat's report about it makes me kind of want to go back and watch it again, because I don't think I've seen it in a while, and I, I'm I, I can watch I said, it. I said the same thing to myself, I listening. I'm like, I need to go get the DVDs out. I think it's great. So uh, we'll be back. It's BK on there. We're going to take a break now, but when we come back, we're going to flash the audience of the news, the weird, the strange, and the bizarre, and I'll hand it back to Alan, let him read mine, and I'll bring mine and let me read mine. I haven't printed out too lately. I don't know what. This is the thing that's left over for me from broadcasting at home. It's fun. I haven't made a copy from you, so it's BK on there. Hey, here's Better Cheddar's Crackers, San Francisco style. Mmm, Better Cheddar's. Sourdough baked right in. Delicious tasting Better Cheddar's. The San Francisco style. Snack thin. Nabisco takes the great taste of cheddar, bakes in real sourdough, so you get Better Cheddar's. 
light, thin, delicious. Ooh, better cheddars. The San Francisco style. Snack thin, better cheddars. Thursday on Hawaii 5 -0. It's my daughter. Kidnapping? Your father's right. Is it a kidnapping or a runaway? Then on Barnaby Jones, is JR's friend a murderer? I didn't mean to kill her. Hawaii 5 then Barnaby Jones, Thursday at 9, 8 Central and Mountain. Tomorrow on CBS. Wow, the conversation even off, off the, off the air can be uh, either a podcast or we could have put that one on the air because we didn't use any. Uh, no. That was uh, worth that was worth talking about. Uh, colorful metaphors that time when we were talking. Usually we do like, oh my goodness, you no way we could turn the microphones on in here when we're talking about stuff, especially if it's something we're passionate about, like tomatoes or <laughs> tomatoes. We're both passionate, but just on opposite and sides stuff, of the spectrum. Star Wars and movies and stuff like that, or movies about tomatoes. <laughs> Rotten tomatoes. <laughs> Rotten tomatoes. Hey, but it's time to we... Oh, we're going to flash the audience of the news, the weird, the strange, and the bizarre. I actually gave you the first one there on I the page. Want a want there, tomato. Tomato. <laughs> what, what? I want a one tomato. What? A one It must have been a thing with kids when they heard it. You know, it, it made the school it sounded rounds. Like. I want it a one-ton tomato. I know. All right. I got the first news. A song that you can hear on this radio station from time to time. Yeah. We head to Ohio. Three Ohio sisters have defied odds by giving birth on the same day in the same hospital what? with the same obstetrician overseeing their deliveries. Let me quote the guy from The Thing. you got to be kidding, kidding me. <laughs> Self-censor there. Self we need, you know what you need? You need a butt with the I, Wilhelm scream. I do. Either that or just a beep or something <laughs> where it just sounds wrong. Uh, the births occurred on July 3rd at Ohio Health Man, uh, Mansfield Hospital with a four-and-a-half-hour wow. span. So even within four and a half hours of each other. Wow. That's a no minor feat. That's crazy. A 1998 Associated Press story cited the odds of three sisters giving birth the same day as one in 50 million. All three sisters had their deliveries induced. Dr. Edroy McMillan delivered all three babies. Wow. He did, however, decline to be interviewed. Because uh, he was asleep. Because <laughs> he was exhausted. <laughs> Probably, right? That's wild, though. Three sisters all having their pregnancies at the exact same time so that they all could be delivered at the same time, and they all came at the same day. Now, I did see I did see a, an expanded version of that story where the one sister was induced. But if it was fun time for her to have it anyway, she needed to be induced. Well, they maybe said that. Maybe they just did that. The third sister said, I want to be there with my other sisters. And they just want to make the record books, too, so why not? I got the next news. Well, we're talking about them. Yep, they made, the new, they made this news on this show. From UPI, an Australian woman said that she has finally proven a tarot card reader wrong by scoring a lottery jackpot worth more than $70,000. The Woy Woy New South Wales woman, Woy Woy. <laughs> no, wait a minute. W-O-Y, W-O-Y. She's going out of her way to prove tarot readers yes. wrong. Yeah, she's doing it. Like, I needed her, someone to do that yeah. for me. The Woy Woy New South Wales. No, it's not England. Why did I say that? It's Australia. Australia. Uh, same thing. Yeah. Oh, no. Almost. I'm sorry I said that. Uh, the Woy Woy New South Wales woman told the lot officials that Friday's Lucky Lottery super jackpot drawing marked the end of her belief in the words of a fortune teller who predicted her future would be anything but lucky. Quote, a tarot card reader read my cards years ago and told me I would never win anything in my life. Since then, I have been trying my best to prove her wrong. Now I can say I have, unquote. I'm like, oh, okay. wow. 
I would have just taken my seventy grand and enjoyed it, and not even brought that up. <laughs> I mean, it's not really a, seems a little silly. A point to, to I didn't worry realize that there was an worry about was, did, that. was there is there a big controversy <laughs> over the accuracy of tarot card? I don't readers? know. Mine's always been right when I went and talked. The I mean, tarot it's card cool in a James Bond movie and all, but I mean, is it in real life? Oh, yeah. oh, Alan, you've drawn the vodka of cups card. Oh, well, then it's <laughs> correct. What that means. Yeah, that's all I need is when it's a tarot card reader to read to listen to one hey, show. Now, if you remember, James Bond stacked the deck on on solitaire in Live and Let Die. He 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 made it to where she drew the cards where he could uh, you know have a little something with her. You know, uh, he actually cheated. The, so the cards do not lie. <laughs> she didn't think they did either. Mm, but, lovers. But, uh, yeah, I think I would have won my seventy grand, and so would have you, and just went on my merry way and had a good time and not worried about it. I don't well, think I, us, I don't know. think I would have po- uh, called out a tarot card reader from years before. They were wrong. I mean, it's one thing if they had said like the week before. Don't right. buy a lottery ticket. But, you're not going to win. And then, okay, fine. But, but you're years? 60. You got that reading when you were 10. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've got the next news. Well, they were wrong, weren't they? You were wrong, Ben. <laughs> a Southern California house made famous by outdoor shots in the first season of the classic sitcom The Golden Girls is listed for sale for the first time with an asking price of One just million below, dollars. Oh, close. Three oh, times okay. more of that. Just below three million dollars. Oh, okay. I'm being Doctor Evil, and I'm yeah. wrong again. The lo- I mean, we're only a thousand dollars shy of that. The <laughs> Los Angeles home. I guess it sounds better to list it at two hundred two million nine hundred ninety nine thousand dollars. That's three million dollars. Yeah, three Come million dollars from Douglas L. Elliman served as the exterior of the house shared by the titular women for the first season of the 1985 to 1992 sitcom before a replica was constructed on a studio lot for subsequent seasons. Wow. The- I didn't know that. The owner of the house, James Barry, age 65, said it was the first time the four-bedroom home has been listed for sale since his parents, David Nobel Barry III and Margaret Carthen Barry, had it built in 1955. Wow, it's that old. He said his parents received a small fee for allowing shots of the house to be used in the show. Barry said only the exterior of the house was used for filming. No kidding. Right. But the floor plan of the series, the, the series designers made on the soundstage was based on the actual So they actually plan. built it like the real house. That's kind of cool. Wow, the Golden cool. Girls ran for 180 episodes, starring, wow. of course, Betty White, B. Arthur, Maud. Estelle Getty, and Rue McClanahan. Uh, some iconic show houses are that way. I'd hate to know that some people that own them now... It's an inconvenience for them because some people still come by and want to look at them and hang out and take photos and come up in the yard and stuff and take pictures. Like you in the Brady Bunch house? I didn't go in the yard. (laughs) (laughs) I was just outside on the sidewalk, just like thousands of other people there. I did not go in the yard. But uh, the the house in Breaking Bad, people have done that. The The Poltergeist house. Poltergeist house. And uh, what was the other one? Um, The house... when we went, by the way, here's one. Here's something that that they you said that that house was kind of designed after the real house on the inside. The in the sets on the Brady Bunch were nothing like the right. house that it was filmed at. Now what they did was HGTV bought the house and redesigned the inside. Didn't in they a do special, that just recently? Uh, just I think it was last year. Uh, just a few months yeah, ago. Yeah, they could. Um, they made the inside of the house match the Brady Bunch set now. And they had to go through a lot to do it because the house and the Brady Bunch on the show was much bigger than that house was on the exterior. They had to re-add rooms and do things to it. So I thought that was really cool. So, yeah, houses, iconic houses. We can do a whole segment on that, too, one day. I got the next news. T- oh, this is terrible. A team of Japanese doctors shared details of the case of a woman 
suffering from a throat irritation. The doctor said in a study published in the July issue of the American Society of Tropical Medicine and Hygiene that the 25-year-old woman came into St. Luke's International Hospital in Tokyo, complained of throat irritation five days after eating sashimi. The medical team discovered, did you see what it was? Mm-hmm. A 1.5 inch black worm living inside the woman's tonsil in her throat. And the creature was removed using tweezers. So this little tiny, it was probably so small, didn't realize it was in the food. Yes. But it got embedded in her tonsil mm-hmm. and continued to grow. Basically, it was growing the, on her flesh. The worm, which was alive, God, was identified gross. as the fourth stage larva of a parasitic roundworm. Oh. The worms sometimes are found infecting the stomachs of patients who consume raw or undercooked marine fish that contains the creature's Larvae. Oh, this is like this is, where, yeah, this is where they got alien. The idea of an alien. This from. is what makes me cringe every time I watch Parasitic Wrath of Khan. Yeah, more than seven hundred cases of, in, of infections involving the worms have been documented in Japan and the Netherlands, South America, and North mm. Pacific countries. The doctor said the team said the woman's symptoms quickly improved after the worm was removed and her blood test came back normal. Well, no, no, uh, no, no crap there, buddy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. come on! Of course, sensor, it would, sensor, sensor. of course it would. Of course, it would improve. My mental stability would improve after the worm was oh removed. God. I'd just start feeling better, thinking that's got, no longer part of my body. I think, I, I think I'm catching uh, maybe strep throat or something. Nope, you just got a worm. <laughs> nah, you just got a, a giant worm inside. Oh, let's see. Think I can do this quickly or not? Yeah, go ahead. Why not? An Arizona man broke a Guinness World Record when he stacked 400. I saw this 485 yeah, Jenga blocks into a tower, but the base wow. was only one single vertical. How? block. Shut you do the that? front door. Yeah, Ty Star Valente of Pima uh, of Pima initially set the record last year wow. with a, a tower of 353, but he broke his own record this year Jenga. with plenty of time on his hands and practice thanks to COVID-19. Valente's wow. technique involves the the tower expanding upward almost like a funnel out from the bottom using the physics to help kind of lock it in place. So it's like a amazing. Jenga tornado. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Looking like a shape one. That's fantastic. I hate the pe- people that juggled uh Chainsaws and swords and stuff. I could never do stuff like that. Jenga, Jenga, Jenga. You take a block from the bottom and you put it on top. You take a block from the middle and you put it on top. That's how you build a tower. You just don't stop. You gotta build that tower putting blocks on top. And it teeters and it totters as you build it all up. It weebles and it wobbles, but you don't give up. You take a block from the bottom and you put it on top. You take a block from the middle and you put it on top. Till someone knocks it over and that's when you stop. But you start all over putting blocks on top. Jenga from Irwin. In 1975, he directed Jaws. In 1978, he directed Close Encounters of the Third Kind. In 1981, he directed Raiders of the Lost Ark. And now, Steven Spielberg brings us E.T., the Extraterrestrial. We will witness the arrival The search, the desertion, the fear, the discovery, the friendship. I'm keeping you. The secret, the love, the warning, the signal. The mystery, 
a danger. The intrusion. The wonderment. The enchantment. The hope. The connection has been made. Universal Pictures presents Steven Spielberg's E.T. The Extraterrestrial. That's right. The trailer, one of the early teaser trailers, kind of, for E.T. The Extraterrestrial. John Williams music. I played that because right now, check your local listings. The old movies are still playing here and there and everywhere out in the country. You see old classic movies playing. There's no movies, new movies being released. And I got an article here, the reason I'm kind of dovetailing into this here to talk about it. You can see E.T. What else is out? Raiders, uh, not Raiders. Um, Jurassic Park is still out locally with us. You're uh, talking about the NCG Cinema NCG for NCG Cinemas, yep, near You've us. Got, and, and you may have a theater near you, so check out where you They just added living. a movie, which for me, I can't believe how long ago, technically, when you look when it came out, but The Matrix, the first one. The Matrix, one. 99. Wasn't it 1999? Yes. Yeah. I'm like, in an Stop it. I love. I thought the first Matrix film is fantastic. Years ago. It is. I love one the and first two. One. I love the first two. The fact is, they left the second one with an open ending to go straight to the third. Right. And they lost everything. I, I third one. I do not watch it. People, all. I'll watch one and two, and that's it. People. People were. I was joking with people back in '99, back when uh, that was when the uh, Phantom Menace, the Star Wars prequel, came out. The first prequel came out, and then the Matrix came out as well. And uh, and I think 99 is when the first Mummy movie with Brandon Fraser came out as well. So it was a big kind of an action science fiction year. And people would, would come up to me and go, well, all the movies out in the theater, we all know which one is your favorite. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. It was the Mummy. And they're like, oh, was it Star Wars? I'm like, nope, it wasn't. I loved I loved Star I loved the, the, the first Mummy film and The Matrix more than I liked, uh, I think, The Phantom well, Minutes when it came out. I'm this like, may be a little bit of recycle from years ago because I remember listening to you guys talk about it. The Mummy, to me, was what Raiders of the Lost Ark was when I was a kid, the first Mummy it, movie. It was. It could have easily have been Indiana Jones and the Curse of the Mummy. Right. It could have been. It could have been. Because it, it was. Brendan fantastic. Fraser was fantastic in it. <clears throat> Great I, adventure I love the combination of just enough horror for it to be a Mummy movie. Right. A lot of action, but still humor. Still keeping humor sort of a, a, to- and, a, 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 what do you call it, a tongue-in-cheek wink. Right, and tons of adventure and a, and a fantastic score by Jerry Goldsmith, the music to that movie. That's the one That's the one area of the park when you go to Universal, back when you ever can go, you know, when they open uh, and everybody can go again. I know they're open, but when we get back to normal. You can go through Universal and hear all of John Williams' music. You can hear E.T. like we just heard, because there's an E.T. ride at Universal. Jurassic Park music, John Williams, Jaws music, John Williams. Uh, all of his, Harry Potter, section you hear his music there but you go over toward where the mummy is and you hear jerry goldsmith's music he sneaks in his music over there which is fantastic and uh yeah it could have been a great uh it could have been a great fact, indiana I'm jones way, film i'm way overdue watching the mummy one and two with brendan fraser i'm, I'm not as great. big of a Sue, fan of the third one i know you like it but yeah i, I thought they were a good first... kind of a trilogy you know i know they replaced uh, rachel vice in the third one she didn't want to be in it because she didn't like the screenplay and a lot of people didn't like it either but i thought the third one kind of ended it kind of wrapped that little three movie trilogy up which was which was really good but yeah the first mummy movie is one of the best that's one of those classic remakes where i'm like now i want you're sitting down so i'm making sure you're sitting down because yeah. you may have fell out you may have collapsed when you hear me say this Uh-oh. i actually think the mummy 1999's the mummy is better than the 30s original version 
I think it's much better. The original Universal Mummy is a is a classic horror film, but to me, it's one of those. Even though it's a classic, it falls short because it's kind of boring. Mm-hmm. It's, it just falls a little flat for me. It's it's. And I know it's. I know that I'm going to get mail and people are going to call and they're going to send me a message on Facebook going, "You're crazy. It's the best Boris Karloff's best." I'm like, that's fine. If you think that, that's all right. But don't I get the thought, makeup and and the actor mixed up with the story. Right. I just thought the remake was fantastic. Now the Tom Cruise one was terrible that came out. Right. Uh, a few years ago, the uh, the Brendan Fraser and and I know Brendan Fraser apparently was going through some health issues and some even some mental health. He issues. was, yeah, he's but back now. I'm, thank goodness, I'm hearing yeah. he's coming back into, th- yeah, <clears throat> and and I've even heard. I've rumors, heard rumors that they're that they're revisiting the Mummy franchise with they him might. and Rachel Weisz, and I, I'm all for it. Go for it. I mean, bring I, the two of them back, and now the, the older kid, now their son right. being older, having been raised by those and parents. John Hanna, their, their her brother, which was he was the com- comedy was guy. So good, he was fantastic. He was so funny. Like anybody who handled it differently, you would have been like, "What is this character doing in right. this movie?" Somehow. He's so believable at being just kind of, he's just slimy enough that yep. you realize how he gets in trouble, but he's still likable. He's a smart, funny, lovable little charlatan in the yeah. film. He really is. Because he's got to walk that line. That's a hard character yeah. to play. You know, I was watching, uh, Stacy had just, re- and talking about rewatching old TV shows since you're, since you're in, shut in from the per- pandemic. My wife is watching, she's rewatching a great show that she loved with Jennifer Garner back in the day that J.J. Abrams came out with called uh, Alias. Yeah. And uh, she loved that show, and she's rewatching it again now, streaming, which is great because when she had it before, she was, last time she watched it was on a picture tube television on compact, on, on DVD. Mm-hmm. And now she's watching it streaming on the flat screen, and she's almost like seeing it for the first time because it's a lot more, looks better, sounds better, or whatever. And uh, I was watching it the other day, and I'm like, that's who's that bad guy? That's John Hanna from the Mummy, her her bumbling brother. He's playing a bad guy on an ep- episode of The Alias, and I'm like, wow, that's, he's pretty versatile because he's totally believable as this bad guy killer wow. too. So he's very bossy. He's a Scottish actor. He's from Scotland. Yes. So he hides his he hides his thick Scottish accent. His brogue <laughs> when he's talking. But yeah, a lot of new, not old movies are in the theaters that are open. Go see them because. You know, the theaters are trying their best to, to survive. And don't worry, you know, if you want to marry, wear your mask, you can. You can, They're sitting people, you know, there's there's an empty two chairs and there's two, so you can sit with your, your significant other that you have. Then there's two empty ones. They're, they're keeping everyone apart and everything's uh, sanitized and safe from what I hear. So they're open. You want to see an old movie, go see it. Well, I got a story here. Unfortunately, I hope this is not true. This is from Leanna Keen from uh, Giant Freaking Robot website. Coronavirus shuts down movie theater industry. Possibly no movies, new movies until 2020. 21. It's the straw that broke the camel's back for the movie theater industry lockdowns around the United States due to the coronavirus uh, forced movie theaters nationwide, of course, you know this, to close their doors. It started way back in March. It seemed like a year ago. This is creeping by like, oh, when did this start? And the shutdowns are still going on. A few movie theaters have opened up in a few states. However, most movie theaters in the United States remain closed. As we just mentioned to you, a local one of ours is open showing older movies, and someone, some of them near you may be mm-hmm. as well. And uh, as the, for the ones that are open, they don't have anything new to show since movies aren't being released. Uh, they're just showing the old classic ones. And it doesn't look like that situation will change anytime soon. When ho- While Hollywood has been planning to start releasing new movies again in the fall, it now seems like that might be impossible. Analysts now say that they do not expect movie theaters to reopen until 2021, and what's more, there will be no new movies released in the remainder of 2020. Media... uh, 
Consultant Doug Krutz explains, we now expect domestic theaters to be largely closed until mid-2021, in part because we don't think studios will be interested in releasing their largest movies into a capacity-constrained footprint. Now, when you put it that way, Alan, that kind of makes a lot of sense, because if they're going to release their films, what do they want them to do? They want them to make money. But if a lot of people aren't rushing back to the theaters already, and we know how fickle budgets are. They've really, if they've got to make a lot of money, they've got to make at least twice and sometimes two and a half times their budget to make back, you know, a profit on films. So if they're going to open uh, to a limited movie opening, I don't think they're going to do that. So that he makes a good point there. He continues, we had previously assumed that the spread of COVID-19 would be relatively halted with social distancing requirements significant, significantly lessened by late 2020. We now... We have now extended that timeline out to at least mid-2021. The situation remains mid. very fluid. Yeah, it says mid-2021 now. The situation remains very fluid. And we do not rule out the possibility that the impact could last even longer, unquote, he says. Given that it's unlikely movie theaters will be able to, sur- <laughs> to be able to survive that long without new movies and that Hollywood needs revenue, don't be surprised if they begin to reevaluate their stance on releasing movies streaming. Uh, the hashtag just stream it movement is about to pick up steam. I didn't even know there was a hashtag just stream it out there. So there is. And and that's fine. I, I, if they have to do that, I'll, I'll roll with it because I've been rolling with this thing for three that, months now. They're so. going to have to figure out that pricing model. I know a lot of people said when they did that initially with, like, The Invisible Man and some of the other movies right. that went straight to a streaming. They yep. called it Amazon Cinema. Yep. It was like 20 bucks to rent the movie. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, wait a minute, all the other movies I can rent are like 6 <laughs> right, or $7 yeah. or if they're older, or if Netflix $2. comes out with a super film that's great, it's not that much. And I don't think. so I think yeah. they're going to have to reevaluate their pricing model. Yeah. Because, uh, and I get it because a, a lot of them are saying, well, you know, most people go out with two or three people people so right. if you're watching it at home you might have three or four people all watching it you would yeah. normally buy a ticket for each person yeah that's so true i too. get why it's twenty dollars you might have to figure out a halfway point right or, or to maybe do maybe it's not 20 that maybe it's more like 12.99 yeah you know like and mm, they, a little bit more than a movie ticket and they price. send someone with a mask to your house to to collect tickets from everybody's going to watch it <laughs> 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 right? Funny with a mask. So, yeah. Got to punch tickets, please. Do the, what, you, what are you do doing at my house? Here? Get out of here. No ticket. <laughs> no ticket. The, guy the window. <laughs> Last Crusade. What you see in the theater right now, by the way? That's another one. It's still in the theater, Indiana Jones. So you can go see movies now if you want to. There's some old movies out there. Check your listings. But it looks like I don't. I'm not going to subscribe to that yet. I, that's a that's a speculative story, but it but it it makes sense. And we could possibly see movies. Hopefully, come back out new movies by the end of the year. Other than that, we may not see this startup, Alan, they're saying now, till mid-2021. And that's that's unfortunate. It really is for the movie industry and for the, for the movie going public, by the way, which you and I are a part of, and we love movies. It's mm-hmm. so BK on the air. We're going to take a break now. We're inching up to the top of the hour. But uh, when we come back, I've got a story about a hero that saved a girl from a dog attack, and he's just a little boy. And a hero, a Marvel hero, called him one and helped him out with some great stuff. Harvey, want anything special for your birthday? Just a decent cup of coffee. You're kidding. I'm serious. Honey, your coffee's undrinkable. It's pretty harsh. Well, so's your coffee. You know, the girls down at the office make better coffee on their hot plates. Well, see you later. And he didn't even kiss me goodbye. You know, if I could just make a decent cup of coffee, I could relax. So, relax. Why don't you try instant Folgers? Tastes good as fresh perked. Good as fresh perked? I'll surprise Harvey for his birthday tonight. 
Hey, great coffee. It's instant Folgers. Doesn't it taste good as fresh perked? Better. Better than those girls make at the office. Honey, their coffee can't hold a candle to yours. Instant Folgers taste good as fresh perked. Try it. It's the fishing invention of the century. There's never been anything like it. Popeil's Pocket Fishermen. Men, women, youngsters can cast almost like experts the very first time. Small enough to fit in glove compartment, backpack, any travel bag, or even in your pocket. And Pocket Fisherman's handle is its own mini tackle box. Flip up the special DuPont nylon rod and you're ready to fish anytime. Even catch big ones like this with heavy test line and your favorite lure and shock absorber. Pocket Fisherman is made with a smooth action Johnson spin casting reel filled with Trilene XL line and boy does it catch fish. It's the perfect outfit for casting in tight spots. You can even hang it on your belt. Expert or amateur will love Popeil's Pocket Fisherman. It's rod, reel, line, bobber, hook, the whole thing. Yes, it's fishing fun for the whole family and only $19.95. What a gift. Stand by to receive our transmission. I got a bad feeling about this. Greetings to all the forces of the Grand Army of the Republic. It's time again for Star Wars Daily Weekend Edition, brought to you this week by the Kaminoan Armorsmiths Union. Following orders blindly. And ChannelStarWars.com. Star Wars news for Star Wars fans by Star Wars fans. Bringing you the latest faster than a jump to hyperspace. I'm your host, Mike Mann. What? What did you say? The ambassadors are Jedi Knights, I believe. This week was all about the Clone Wars. First, Disney Plus announced the upcoming animated series from Lucasfilm Star Wars The Bad Batch, which will stream in 2021. As stated in the official press release, the series follows the elite experimental clones of The Bad Batch, first introduced in the Clone Wars, as they find their way in a rapidly changing galaxy in the immediate aftermath of the Clone War. Members of Bad Batch a unique squad of clones who vary genetically from their brothers in the clone army. Each possesses a singular exceptional skill which makes them extraordinarily effective soldiers and a formidable crew. In the post-clone war era, they will take on daring mercenary missions as they struggle to stay afloat and find new purpose. So basically, look at it like a special forces unit trying to make their way after the war when war was all they knew. Yet another piece by Dave Filoni and crew, which will probably be simply amazing like everything else they do. Is it in their nature to make us wait this long? No, I sense an unusual amount of fear for something as trivial as this trade dispute. Next, our friends over at io9 announced this past week the release of four Star Wars The Clone Wars 6-inch Black Series action figures, all from the final season of the animated series. And as James Whitbrook wrote in his article, yes, they're pretty much exactly like the ones you would want. Included in this wave are Ahsoka Tano wielding her double lightsabers given to her by Anakin Skywalker and a 332nd Legion clone trooper decked out with the orange Commander Tano loyalty helmet paint job. Also included are a Mandalorian loyalist who fought alongside Tano and the 332nd to free the Mandalorian homeworld of Mandalore and in this channel Star Wars writer's opinion, the best of the wave.
a Mandalorian Super Commando, donning a spiked helmet in honor of their leader, Maul. These guys will be available this fall and are currently available for pre-order at Walmart exclusively for 25 credits a pop and will be well worth every bit of it as well. Shut up and take my money. And lastly, we at Channel Star Wars make it a practice not to report rumors. However, we feel this one is worth noting. Hayden Christensen is said to be reprising his role as Anakin Skywalker in the future Obi-Wan Kenobi series on Disney+. This would make sense due to Obi-Wan and Anakin's relationship throughout the saga and make this series all more exciting. Lucasfilm has yet to confirm this, but the idea was to announce this at Star Wars Celebration 2020 before it was canceled due to Tauntaun 19. <laughs> Only time will tell if and when this is confirmed as factual. But how amazing would it be? I love it when you call me senorita. It makes me feel nice. That's all the time we have. Be sure to tune back in next week for all the latest and greatest in Star Warsing. For ChannelStarWars.com, I'm Mac Man reminding you, they're not dolls. They're action figures. And now, back to BK on the air. Thank you, Mike Mann, for ChannelStarWars.com. Check them out if you haven't. In the world of Star Wars, they'll let you know what's going on. Uh, so you will be up to date every day on the world of Star Wars. And there's a lot uh, going on because you've got a lot of new stuff coming out, as you heard. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, I got a text. Let me get my phone here. I got a text. We, we, uh, Golden Ranger TV, um, Pat McCormick was on Baba Black Sheep. The he was on Baba Black Sheep? No, no, it was his, his report <laughs> oh, was on it. was it. on uh, You were here. It was you covering. Remember. He texted me. Hey, he was on a soap he opera. Said, yeah. As a, and he can play a guitar like you wouldn't believe. This is what Pat texted me. My dad was with was the pilot captain of a six-man crew B-27 during World War II. I'm like, buddy, that's a, another hero right there. Those guys in the bombers were. Uh, you can talk about the fighters all you want, but the guys in the bombers, they relied on the fighters to protect them. <laughs> you know. And I know the bombers had the guns. They had the turret guns, the yeah, side guns, the rear like guns. It's not like a bomber can pull <clears throat> evasive maneuvers. No, it can, but it's real slow. Not against a fighter. I mean, you try, but... You ever tried to? You ever tried to? I've asked truck drivers, "How quick can you turn this 18 wheel around?" He's like, "Oh, you got a few minutes." <laughs> I mean, it's pretty powerful, but it turns very slowly. So, mm. fan, fantastic. And I've talked to a lot of. Uh, I worked on. I was. I was fortunate enough to be able to. Back when I was trying to do some uh, independent films back years ago, when I was involved in that, I actually put together a documentary called "Memories of War," and uh, I, I directed it, put it together, and uh, Mike Clark, Commander Clark, uh, we we both had a lot of input on it, and. Uh, production assistant and everything and we talked to lots of uh, world war ii veterans and korean war veterans and learned a lot and recorded their interviews in this documentary and i've learned now that almost every one of them have passed away now uh, that we've talked to well, at least you had a so, chance to document their stories we did and uh, i've got it at a couple of museums took a copy of it and uh, there's one museum that uh sometimes plays it on a loop in one of their museums. I think it's the Warner Robins uh, That's Aviation nice. Museum has it down there, I think, and uh, I've got it in a couple of other places. And I think they pull it out and play it every now and then because it's very – I wanted to talk to these guys to find out, and every one of them were the same. Every one of them were the same. They they like, well, we, we weren't – hey, man, I wasn't a hero. I was just doing my job. 
mm-hmm. and I couldn't even get him some of them to talk about it. He goes, well, you know, I'll go on camera and talk about what I did in World War II, but I don't know how much I'm going to be able to say. Once they got comfortable and we really started talking to them, they really started to open up and talk about it, and I think it was great. And I always made sure it was okay for them to do that. You feel okay talking about this. So some, some of them just said, no, nah, I, don't, I don't want to talk about what I did, and I, I respected that, of course, that you, you want to do that. But it's amazing what they did. And I've been inside a bomber. I walked inside at some of the air shows. They let you tour these planes and uh, and by the way we're talking about this because uh, Pat McCormick in the Golden Rage of TV uh, did his report on Baba Black Sheep today a fantastic World War II show about Pappy Boynton with Robert Conrad and by the way Pappy Boynton he mentioned was on a couple of episodes Three the original episodes. guy and and I read a, there was an interview with him once that said somebody goes so was this show accurate about what you did in World War II he goes it, they got the planes and my name right. <laughs> he goes, but other than that, it's it's a it's a fantastic adventure escapism. We did do a lot of flying in combat back oh, then. Oh, they were one they, of the most that was in the successful show. units. That was in the show, and they got that you know they got that part of it right. But hey, I don't care that it's not one hundred historically accurate. No, if this show makes people look me up in World War II, I love it. Did they ever build this as a biopic I, or a? I don't think they said this is one hundred percent accurate about what happened. I mean, of course they're going to embellish it and I mean, make it, it entertaining. A Come on, television. Show. Right. in the seventies, they based <laughs> so. they based the character and the right loosely based it on actual events, right? But and told I, a dramatic, fun story. I read Pappy Boynton's uh, bio once, and you know he started out flying with the Flying Tigers. That's where he started. That's where he got his training flying in Burma, P-50. China. Wait, the, the P forty Warhawk, P-40, yeah, with Warhawk. The, the Tiger Warhawk, the one with the teeth on the front. Yeah, like Jaws. the Flying Tigers. Just be down there. We'll uh, go back in time. We we'll come back. Star Trek, the game. A game so challenging, you need this combat control panel to play it. Take command of the Starship Enterprise as you battle your way through unknown sectors. Blast Klingons. Raise your shields. Watch for space mines. Is this the most challenging game in the galaxy? It's inhuman. Star Trek from Sega. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Ed's Almost Good Beer. Remember, Ed's Almost Good Beer was brewed in God's country when God wasn't looking. Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. Broadcasting online to WBHFradio.org and use the free TuneIn app if you ever can't hear the station and you want to hear me and you're far away. Get that TuneIn app. You can you can get the free side or pay for it with no commercials. Either way you want, use TuneIn to hear me anywhere around the world, the universe, anywhere you got a uh, cell phone signal, you can hear me. Let's talk about this day in history. On this day, July the 18th, there's a lot of things that are happening. We were talking about some World War II fighters earlier. Well, on this day in history in 1942, this blew my mind when I found out about this when I was younger. Test flight of German Messerschmitt ME-262 using only its jet engines for the first time happened on this day. It just blew my mind that the Germans had kind of uh, had the jet engine, the jet fighter uh, in World War II. They, it wasn't practical. They couldn't use it because it would only go up for like five to ten minutes at a time. Then mm. it would have to land because it would use up the fuel they had. They hadn't figured that out yet. But they had a, I guess it was f- over 400, 500, 600 mile an hour jet in World War II. Bell, we developed one not long toward the end of World War II. We did too, but we just couldn't use them back then because they weren't practical. I forgot the name of the first fully functional jet fighter for the U.S. 
I don't know which one was it. I, I'm, I'm, uh, oh, it's like we, we I, I see an image in my head. I remember reading about it that it was was it was, it was the, developed was it the, at the end of World War II, but because dark. we dropped the bomb and it ended the war, they couldn't right. put it into into right. use yet. And I can't remember what it was. And then they used it in Korea. Now you got me wanting to know what it is. Ah, it's a silver. Oh, I know which one. It was the saber. Yes, the saber. That's right. And it was it had that little antenna that stuck out of the front of it or whatnot. I saw a lot of models of it as a kid when I was growing up. Nineteen. Oh, check this out. You you're familiar with the Intel Corporation? A little bit. Boom, 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 for your computer. What year did you? Yeah, did you know? I can't do Elmo or anything. I can do something. Did you know that on July the 18th on this day? Intel was founded on this day, by the way. And But here's the question. What year do you think it was oh, founded? Oh, it's been probably around a lot longer than we think. Uh, it's a lot longer than I thought. I'm like, wait a minute. See, Intel. I was going to guess the 70s, but it right. may be older than that. But I would guess the early on 70s. On this day, July the 18th, 1968, the wow. Intel Corporation was founded in Santa Clara, California. In someone's garage. That's right. Birthdays today, 1921, he was born. John Glenn, American astronaut. He died in 2016. Uh, 1913, Red Skelton was born, one of my dad's favorite comedians of all time, and I thought Red was funny, too. He had a great television show, very successful comedian on television. Died in 1997. Today uh, is Paul Verhoeven's birthday, Dutch film director, directed Basic Instinct, Total Recall, RoboCop, Starship Troopers, a lot of... Movie, Blood, guts, and boobs. A lot of movie <laughs> stuff. Yeah. yeah, Verhoeven. Can you can you three I, words that I, that hit his movies? I called his movie. Uh, he has he has um, uh, p- violence vi- violence porn. Yeah, that's what his movie is. That's what it is. Really violent, but a very good director. I've liked almost every one of his movies. Did you know today is Mark Sinclair's birthday? American actor Mark Sinclair. Why oh, do I not know that name? No, it's not a familiar name, is no, it's it? not. Oh, well, maybe if I told you if it was Vin Diesel's birthday. Yeah, that would be it. <laughs> yeah, that would, would do feel it. a little more, yeah. Vin Diesel, as he is more known as Groot. Groot's birthday. Uh, do you know Vin Diesel Groot. did something with his Chronicles of Riddick, the second movie? Right. You know, the first one was they pitch rebranded black. it. Pitch Black, yeah. It was Pitch Black. Then have you know they've re-released it? Which I liked. It. it was really good. Yeah. They re-released it. It's now Chronicles of Rid- Riddick Pitch Black. Oh, did they do the Indiana Jones thing? Yeah, they because they wanted the to make them all. But the second one was actually called Chronicles of Riddick. stupid. I loved it. They had that one moment in the beginning. I still haven't seen the second one. He shows up and they've got all these warriors. Right. And one of the like the one guy challenges him and like takes him out in like five seconds. <laughs> right. And the and the main bad guy goes, You've bested one of you know, you've killed one of our best soldiers. He goes, If you say so. <laughs> I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> that's great, yeah. <laughs> Oh like, yeah, because I'm expecting this big giant, you know, typical. Yeah, you know, I was thinking the prototypical fight, right. you know, between these two war. No, he's like, <laughs> boom, boom, bam, boom, dead. Right. And the guy's like, that was our best warrior. He's like, yeah, if you it's say like, so. It's like, it's like Indy taking out the swordsman with his guys. Yes, exactly. Uh, it was awesome. That movie was a surprise. I didn't expect it to be as good, kind of really good and as entertaining as it was. I love. Isn't wasn't Judy Dench in the second one? What I are, think she was in Chronicles of Riddick. Yes. Movie for her to be in, which proved you know she's a good actress. She'll you know do a movie, so. It was. I know we're gonna get back to this. Yeah. To me, it was the same kind of high science fiction that like Dune and other movies right. were trying to do. It did it well, but it was right. such high science fiction. It wasn't the action comedy or action right. adventure. So if you're not into pure sci-fi, you probably didn't like it as much. Right. Well, I if you the, are into sci-fi, it was really the good. The first one did good enough to have a sequel, so that's and cool. I, they, and I thought they did a third, uh, didn't they? Uh, did they? I have to look it up because I haven't seen the second one or the third one. Uh, Billboard chart today on this day, July the 18th, 1980, Billy Joel's Glass Houses album tops the U.S. charts featuring It's Still Rock and Roll to Me. First Billy Joel song I remember. Which my sister had the 45 of that in the early 80s and played it over mm-hmm. and over and over. That and the backwards theme for Bosom Buddies. 
My Life. Yeah. My Life. Keep Away From Me. I'm a, yeah. That was the other Billy Joel song. You know, song. they removed that song from uh, Bosom Buddies and Syndication because they didn't have the rights to put it back on the show. That's they replaced bad. it. I fell in love with Billy Joel thanks to Bosom Buddies. Box office on this date, 2008. The Dark Knight opened on this date in 2008. A <sighs> Great great a, a anniversary for you there. 1990, uh, Arachnophobia, the spider movie, opened on this day, July the 18th. That was another Spielberg-produced movie. I think not, did, not directed. Did Kasdan direct that? Lawrence Kasdan? I, I don't remember who did it. I know Jeff Daniels was uh, in it. And it, was really, and, it was actually good. It was and, really good. And also... On July the 18th, on this day in 1986, this movie opened. Just tell me one thing, Burke. You're going out there to destroy them, right? Not to study, not to bring back, but to wipe them out. That's the plan. All right, people, on the ready line. I got signals. I got readings in front and behind. There's nothing back here. Look, I'm telling you, there's something moving in. It ain't us. Get them out of there. That's right. Aliens, directed by James Cameron, starring Sigourney Weaver and the late uh, Bill Paxton and Michael Bean. Uh, opened in theaters today. What a, what another one of those where people would go, oh, that's better than the original film. Some people say that that's another sequel that bested the first film. I always say, well, they're two different movies. I mean, it is a sequel to Alien. It is, but they're one one's a very somber, artistic horror, horror film that that's about one alien. This one's just an action adventure takes up and and changes kind of genres almost completely and turns it on its end on its end and still works perfectly. Uh, as a bookend to that, as, as, a, as another If you want story. to use a very loose definition of sequel, it is better than the original. If you, if you, but yeah. they are right. two different movies. But you They're can't, just I mean, you with compare the same one from 79 monster. to 86, too. It's like, of course it's going to be different. So it depends on what mood you want to be in. Mm-hmm. You want to watch Alien? You can watch it. You know what you're going to get. I love them You can both. watch Aliens. I, I love too. Uh, Today is National Sour Candy Day, July the 18th. Okay. And, uh, I, gave, I can do that. I, I gave my wife a warhead once, the sour candy, and her her taste buds are very magnified. If something's really spicy, it's mm-hmm. terribly spicy. She's just that way. And uh, you should have saw the face she's she just made. Weak. I wish I wish I could have taken the. Okay, I'll, I'll let you own that, not me. Uh, yeah, you, notice he didn't agree. <laughs> he just uh, no. Of course, I don't agree with that. Uh, her face when she took the warhead and, and and tasted it, it was. I wish I could have taken a photo. <laughs> today is not. Today is National Caviar Day, hey, Lovey. Lovey with Mr. Howell and Lovey. And today is also or James Bond. To, some beluga caviar. Beluga caviar with uh, vodka martini, vodka. shaken not shaken stirred. not stirred. Today is also toss away the could haves and should haves day. It's the third Saturday in July every year. I didn't know that. Alan, toss away the could-haves and the should-haves today. Come on. I guess it's no regrets day, I, I guess. Huh? I should have had a Mercedes. Well, that's what <laughs> I could have had a V8. Instead, you had a Lexus. Instead, I'm... <laughs> Which is totally fine, right? I'm okay. <laughs> it's all good. I got a Lexus. It's fine. I like it. Well, like somebody said yesterday at the graduation, too often... Uh, it was a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, really? Uh, and the principal was saying... Too often we judge the success of a person by physical wealth and not what they've actually done. Ain't that the truth, brother? <laughs> That's very yeah. true. I mean, yeah. everybody goes, "He is he's a wealthy man. What? Uh, what, is, what is it someone said? You can judge a man's wealth after he dies how many people are at his funeral. 
Hmm. You know, if you got like, wow, I guess that's one way of right. saying it. Because put it this way, if you're rich and got billions of dollars, but you're a jerk, and no, everybody only likes are, you because of that. You've got a lot of money. They're showing up hoping you're in the will. Right. <laughs> Once you're gone and they got right. nothing else, can get nothing else from you, how many people are going to be at your funeral? You know, that's sad. I think it's sad if someone has a funeral and there's nobody there. That's Because sad. I'm thinking that's that's pretty sad. Because there's an All in Family episode about that Archie Bunker. One of Edith's aunts died, which Edith Edith loved everybody. You know the character she was. She's very forgiving, very uh, a very, I don't know, kind lady or whatnot, innocent. She went to Aunt Rose, Aunt Rose, and when she walked in, nobody was there but her. Mm. And she sat there, and, she, and the funeral director goes, maybe more people will show up later. She's like, I certainly hope so. And then went through the whole the whole viewing. No one showed up. One guy came in behind her and sat down, and he was crying, and she looked at him. And she goes, she was a great woman. He's like, yes, I will really miss Karen Pachecknik. Yeah, it was she her. goes, you're in the wrong room. <laughs> so the guy had to leave and go to the place across the hall, which had 100 people in it. But wow. Aunt Rose had no visitors at her funeral. Yeah. So uh, that's that's pretty bad, but yeah, I'd like to I'd like to be judged maybe on. Uh, let me get serious for a minute. Can I get serious? I'm going to judge you know for character, maybe uh, doing the right thing. You know, do the right thing. I you you will find out how much happier you are in life when you stop worrying about comparing a scorecard of physical wealth, or right? Tan, or a, you know, tangible wealth versus what you just do to make yourself and others around you feel good and happy. You're just memories, going out and doing things with one another. And we're not just saying that because no, we're... I live it. We're not just saying that because we're broke. <laughs> we don't have any money. Well, we don't, uh, you know... I mean, we're not dumpster diving or anything. Have you seen how how horrible Johnny Depp's life is turning? Yeah, what's... Yeah, that's a, that's, that's that a, that's dude, a movie in the making. I mean, they can do a movie It goes to show you, if you don't have the right mental toolbox, it doesn't matter how much money you have. That's right. Well, I certainly don't have that. It's me down there. Hi, mateys. This is KAB Antonio Bay. Stevie Wayne here, beaming a signal across the sea. For the men of the seagrass, 15 miles out tonight, a warm hello, and keep a watch out for that fog bank heading in from the east. Now, in the meantime, relax with me while I play this song from the Coupe de Ville's, dedicated just to you. Boy, would I like to meet her. <laughs> I saw her at a grocery store one day. Yeah? You would like to meet her. She's crazy. There's no fog bank out there. What do you know about her? She owns that lighthouse. I know that. Her son plays Little League with my kid brother. She's a mother? <laughs> I thought you were happily married. <laughs> Not that happy. <laughs> Fog bank out there. Hey. There's a fog bank out there. Alright. I'm drunk enough. Let's go back. Born in the 60s, grew up in the 70s and the early 80s, and graduated in 1984. That's me in a nutshell. So that's my, that's my life. <laughs> Love Jay Giles. Quick nutshell. And then who's the main singer of Jay Giles? Peter Wolf. He went on to do a solo career. Had a song called Lights Out. Remember that? Lights no. Out. I like to, you know <laughs> no, how to play it? I probably do. I play it, and as soon but, uh, as you hear it, you would go, oh, yeah, I remember that. Just got a text from Walt. Walt into darkness, frequent uh 
the yeah, visitor correct program, us. and he's on your uh, on the Wilder ride with you. And he said uh, the Lockheed P-80 Shooting Star was the first jet fighter used operationally by the United States Army Air Force. And I looked it up here, and that was 1945 when they introduced that. Long yeah. after World I knew War it was just was as uh, World War II was coming to an end. Top speed of 600 miles an hour, which is pretty fantastic in 1945. That boogies. So yeah, how fast were like regular prop planes? Maybe 200. I, th- I think toward the end of World War. Two, the P fifty one Mustang and the P forty Thunderbolt reached speed of speed of well over four hundred miles an hour. The prop planes did, but le- we know that jets would go on to go much faster than six hundred miles an yeah. hour too. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll just see how well another sequel that will actually, I guess, come out next year now, uh, Maverick, the sequel to uh, Top, Top Gun, Gun, which the trailers look pretty interesting. You know, I wasn't. I'll just say this up front: I wasn't a big Top Gun fan. It was. It was a good movie. It was I knew it was a crowd pleasing movie. Everybody loved it. Was it was a movie of its time. But yeah, and I, I when I finally did watch it on videotape when it came out, I'm like, oh well, I I like this movie as long as the jets are in the scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's pretty fun. But uh, I have a story here which happened this week. This is fan. This is a fantastic story which has a, a horrible subject matter, but wound up being pretty darn cool. This is a particular one I'm going to read to you it's from CBS News. Celebrities hail a six-year-old as a hero after his aunt says he saved his sister from a dog attack. A story about a heroic six-year-old from Wyoming has gone viral. If you haven't heard about it, you're going to hear about this it. This is amazing. Attracting attention from millions of people, including celebrities. The boy, Bridger, saved his little sister from a gruesome dog attack, according to Nikki Walker, who said uh, she's his aunt and shared the story on Instagram. Walker said that she shared the story so, quote, it gets as much exposure as it can, unquote. We know that our little hero would love some words of encouragement from his favorite heroes, Walker wrote on a post this past Monday. On July the 9th, my six-year-old nephew Bridger saved his little sister's life by standing between her and a charging dog. After getting bit several times in the face and head, he grabbed his sister's hand and ran with her to keep her safe. He later said, Bridger said, the little boy says, if someone had to die, I thought it should be me. This is... A little a six boy, six-year-old saying that, Walker. Because well, his sister was like in the picture, like maybe three. Yeah, and they're both three. as cute as a button, man. Yeah. They're both really cute. Walker's post continued. After receiving 90 stitches, give or take, from a skilled plastic surgeon, he finally is resting at home. We love our brave boy and want all the other superheroes to know about this latest hero who joined their ranks. A real a real hero. Yes, I mean, Walker he... shared photos of Bridger and his little wow. sister before the attack, as well as heart-wrenching photos of his facial injuries after. And if you've seen the photos... Mm-hmm. You can see them. They're pretty. They're pretty extensive, but uh, they can do wonders now to to fix stuff like that. The boy's face appears cut from the lip up to his cheek and is covered in stitches. It's also it's also swollen and bruised. She tagged actors who star in superhero movies: Tom Holland, Spider Man; Chris Hemsworth, Thor; Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man; Mark Ruffalo, The Hulk; Chris Pratt, Star Lord; Tom Hiddleston, Loki; Chadwick Boseman, Black Panther; Vin Diesel, Groot, whose birthday it is today; and Chris Evans, who is Captain America. Some of the on-screen heroes and many others respond. Responded to Walker's post praising Bridger's uh, Bridger's heroism during this act. Chris Evans actually sent a video message. Let's hear what Chris had to say to the little boy. This is a message for Bridger. Hey, Bridger, Captain America here. How you doing, buddy? So, uh, so I read your story. I saw what you did. Now I'm sure you've heard a lot of this over the last couple days, but let me be the next one to tell you, pal. You're a hero. What you did was so brave, so selfless. Your sister is so lucky to have you as a big brother. Your parents must be so proud of you. I'm going to track down your address, and I'm going to send you an authentic Captain America shield because, pal, 
You deserve it. Keep being the man you are. We need people like you. Hang in there. I know recovery might be tough, but based on what I've seen, I don't think there's much that can slow you down. Bye, buddy. And he's actually with his with his aunt here in this video, talking with his sister. How do you feel about that shield? <laughs> he's gonna send you an official, real Captain America shield. What? What? And he's just he's just as happy as he can be now. Even with his injuries, he's wearing a um, a Captain America costume. Listening to that on a, on a <laughs> hammock, swinging with his little sister right beside him, and uh, listening to his parents talk, and uh, he seems in good spirits. So that's uh, that's that amazing. touching. That is that is. Uh, <laughs> I tell you, that's uh, that kid will never forget several things. By the way, the U.S. Navy and Warrior Wounded Warrior Project praised the boy's bravery as, bravery as well. After receiving over a million likes and thousands of comments, Walker added an update, his aunt, to the post's caption. I just finished visiting Bridger at home. His wounds are looking so much better. He's in great spirits, and his awesome personality is intact. He can't smile too wild, widely yet, but he's grinning. And as I read some of your comments to him, and I'm sure that he's grinning, and even grinning probably is painful for him, but he still does it. Uh, in a second update to the Post, Walker said that she's received many inquiries about getting, uh, setting up a GoFundMe for the boy and his family. Bridger's family has asked anyone wishing to help out financially can instead donate to at mission underscore 22. That's at mission underscore score 22 or at wwp the other one is at wwp that's the two gofundme ways you can help out mission 22 and wwp are both foundations for veterans and wounded u.s soldiers that's what they want you to contribute to that's awesome so a great story a horrific story to begin with and uh i've seen the different photos that she's posted of her of bridger and his sister and uh, they they look like they're inseparable. Mm. Now I, I think maybe my sister and I were that way when we were younger, but not you when we were a little older. So I'm like, you know, the line I shot I, her with a BB gun once. But the that line was by accident from Chris Evans. I like, but I wonder if he, he's going to get any backlashes. We need more men like you. Yeah, I, but but you know what? I, I heard I, that. And I was like, you're absolutely right. I agree with that because uh, protecting people. Like that, I mean, heroism mm-hmm. crosses all kinds of boundaries and ages and whatnot. And you know, I I'd like to say, oh, when I was six, I would have done that. I don't know. Yeah, you, you know, know, I'm a different person. I'd like to think that I would. I don't know you what know? adults so would do today. Most would no, turn and run. I, I don't either. They're like, call nine one one, but don't do anything else. No, I'd, I'd like to think that I'd like to think that I'm the hero and would spring into action in a moment's notice. But you really, actually, kind of really never know what would happen until it happens, right? And how you react. I mean, adrenaline. Uh, uh, it's hard to you know. know. Nervousness takes over, you know, uh, uh, preservation, you know, mm-hmm. uh, one's Well, you know, when you talk to a lot of people weird. who, uh, for example, I'm only going to use because I'm looking at the cup, the Loudermilk uh, Hobby Farms. Right. Uh, Congressman Loudermilk, when he was shot at on that ball field. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember he that. He said, you almost can't reconcile in your head that this is what's happening. Yeah, like, this is what starts you to see happen, in yeah. movies. This is what happens. Yeah. You know, on television, this doesn't happen in real life, does it? And then you don't know how you're going to react. And then you realize, I can't even defend myself. I've got no choice but to seek cover. But he right. said it took him a good, you know, eight, ten seconds of like, yeah, what is that? It sounds like, is that fire? Is someone because shooting at me? That's your, that's your you human reaction. Imagine. You know, you're like, first it's disbelief. You're right. right. I can't accept that this is happening. Oh, now it's happening. Then you jump into whatever you need to do, duck and cover or help <laughs> or move. Like, think about the people caught out in the open during the shooting in Las Vegas from the guy who was in that hotel. Right. And and I've heard a lot of Monday morning quarterbacks going, well, you know, if I had uh, something, I could have taken that guy out. I'm like, I don't think so. Because he, number one, he was, he was far away. 
Right. I don't think anything you had in your pocket would have reached him or no, done anything good. Number one, you don't know where he is. He's, right. he's picking off people like a sniper. It's just, I, I, I don't want to be in a situation. I never want to be in a situation like that. It's just nope. terrible. But I, I also want, never want to be in a situation where I don't have a way of protecting myself. Right. I always want to be, uh, or, or at the very least, have an out. And when I do that, I go into, a, every time I fly, I always take note, what row am I in? I'm Okay, I'm in third row back. And I'm, I'm three rows back from this opening that goes to the door. That way, if it's pitch dark, I'm underwater, I can go and count three rows, and I know mm-hmm. there's a door there. I Call me goofy with safety on a plane, but I always do that. I notice where I am because you never know what's going to happen. It's BK on there. We know what's going to happen here. We're going to have more BK on there when we come back. We're going to take a break now, and we'll be right back. Premiering Friday after Wonder Woman, it's the all-new Incredible Hulk. A radiation experiment has unleashed the ultimate mutation, turning David Banner into a superhuman beast whenever he becomes angered. Bill Bixby stars in The Incredible Hulk, premiering Friday at 9, 8 Central and Mountain. Well, if you've been waiting on it, Wonder Woman, Linda Carter's Wonder Woman, is finally coming to Blu-ray for the first time and in remastered glory. Here's the press release coming from Warner Brothers. Wonder Woman, the complete collection, beloved live-action television series remastered for the first time on Blu-ray. Coming July the 28th. Uh, Wonder Woman, the beloved 1970s live-action television series, uh, the complete collection with Linda Carter. Season 1 features adventures of Wonder Woman's original World War II era, while Seasons 2 and 3 wished forward and it changed uh, networks and went to CBS, uh, fast-forwarded into the uh, the disco-loving 70s era. Mm-hmm. The times changed. The need to smash evil, calamity, and injustice does not. I preferred the first season of Wonder Woman in World War in World War II. The, le- the last two were kind of silly. I guess it was still okay. But the, World War, the, the first season was actually the best during uh, World War II. The Wonder Woman Complete Collection, 60. $64.99 in Canada, $69.99. Comes complete with all 59 episodes plus the treasured mo- pilot movie. Across 10 discs, <clears throat> bonus features include but are not limited to an audio commentary by the of the pilot with Linda Carter herself and executive producer Douglas S. Kramer, along with a lot of other uh, special features on there. So another superhero movie mo- uh, show coming out. On That's DVD. cool. Which is kind of cool. That may be the only Wonder Woman we get this year, based on your earlier story. Uh, This year? Yeah, Yeah. you're right. Because I was kind of looking forward to at least Wonder Woman opening. And now maybe... uh, um who directed The Dark Knight? Who am I thinking of? Oh, uh, uh, Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan's Tenant now is probably going to be pushed back. Now you know, I, I saw the when we went to go to the movie theater, the second, I told you the first two times we went, no previews. But then when we went right. to go see Jurassic saw it Park, too, yeah. they had previews, and the preview for Tenant looks great. That that may be pushed back, and now we were, I was looking forward in November with a Black Widow from Marvel coming out. That may now actually not, but we it's still fluid. It may still happen as things progress. We'll see. Well, I have another COVID-19 
pushback delay from uh. Nick Romano and Entertainment Weekly. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier will not make its August premiere now. It was expected after filming on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier Marvel show filming in Atlanta paused in March, but now it's official. The first live-action Marvel Studios TV series won't be making its planned August premiere on Disney+. Plus. The streaming platform released its list of new programming coming next month, and the show starring Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan as the two characters we mentioned wasn't on it. A source close to the situation confirms to Entertainment Weekly that the premiere has indeed been delayed due to the global pandemic. If all goes well, a new premiere will be announced soon. Let's all hope so. Our movies and theaters may be affected, but let's hope our new uh, Disney Plus content moves forward. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier picks up after the events of Avengers Endgame and takes Sam Wilson and newly minted Captain America he got the shield at the end of Endgame, if you saw, and Bucky Barnes uh, Sebastian Stan on a global adventure that tests their abilities and their patience, an official log line reads. Daniel Bruhl also returns to play Baron Zemo, a villain from Captain America Civil War. Uh, the director <clears throat> says uh, earlier this year, inclu- during a Disney financial ear earnings call, and also Chairman Bob Iger revealed that Captain America Winter Soldier would arrive at Disney Plus in August, while WandaVision, starring Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, was on track for a December 2020 premiere, and Loki, the Marvel show starring Tom Hiddleston, would arrive in 2021. Well, that one uh, probably is still true, arrival date. In mid-January 2020, filming was expected to take place in Arecibo, Puerto Rico, for two weeks. However, because of earthquakes on the island, production was suspended. Wow, a pandemic, an earthquake? This, uh, this show is plagued with problems that are, that are not its fault. Production on The Falcon and the Winter Soldier took the cast and crew to shoot in Prague, but then COVID-19 pandemic continued to spread. The show became just one of the numerous Hollywood projects, as we well know, put on pause as the world collectively evaluates the situation. In late June, the head of the film commission in the Czech Republic announced that cast and crew involved in the film and TV productions would be exempt from the European Union travel ban on U.S. citizens, which took place on July the 1st. As a result, the series is preparing for a nine-day shoot in that country soon. Production is also scheduled to resume at... um, at uh, the Atlanta Studios, which was formerly Pinewood Studios, uh, in August. So let's hope they stay on track for that. But I'm still not how, seeing a premiere until how 2021. How cool is that? That the whole so. country has said no one's allowed in. Well, except for you guys filming this movie. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to make some money for our country, you can come on in. You're, you're that's, allowed. That's all right. We so. like we like yeah. what you're about to do. You're, you're using us as all a about, backdrop for your superhero It is all about the bucks, movie. right? <laughs> or I guess it's it's not a movie; it's a series. Yes, it's a it's a. It's but these series, series are almost like mini movies, anyway. Well, you can I can't even really call it because we know when it when it does come out, it's going to be on the on the level of movie quality. Yeah, because it's going to have CGI effects and action adventure, and hopefully be well written. Which, in the hands of Marvel Studios, I'm ninety nine point nine 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 percent confident that it will be, because I've got that much. It's really weird that I've got that much confidence now in a in a brand. A name brand, Marvel right. Studios, I know, will deliver me some top-notch entertainment because everything they've delivered so far, even the weakest Marvel productions and films, I still like. Right. I don't hate them. <laughs> they still fall within the, the puzzle of the whole thing. So here's another movie uh, franchise that's got some news from Jessica Napoli from Fox News. Bryce Dallas Howard shows off massive bruises from Jurassic World Dominion stunt work. She's putting in some seriously hard work on the set of the third Jurassic World movie. 
or is it the sixth Jurassic Park movie? How would we say that? <laughs> it's so weird. These are sequels to a sequel to a sequel of films, I guess is what it is. It's weird. Now, the 39-year-old actress posted a series of photos on Twitter on the massive bruises that she earned from doing some intense stunt work for the action-adventure film. And if you go and log on and just and just Google Bryce Dallas Howard bruises Jurassic World or whatever, they'll come up. She's holding her arms up. There's some. I've never had bruises that big on my arm, and I've done some crazy things growing up. She started the conversation with a photo of her and Chris Pratt, 41, on the U.K. set. These past couple of weeks, quote, my abs have been sore from laughing so much, it's good to be back at work with this funny guy. She's referring to Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. And he does sound like a fantastic guy to hang around. He's just all of his interviews. He sounds really cool. Even back when they said uh, the rumors where he was taking over for Indiana Jones, where I thought I would I would go, who's taking over for Indiana Jones? When I heard it was him, I'd go, okay, I could, I could get behind that. <laughs> I like him that much. You know, well, you saw like when someone did crazy. the deep fake of his face on Yeah, him. it was just kind of working. It was working. <laughs> it was. I mean, I could, you know, other than the voice, it was great. Now, Jurassic World Dominion resumed shooting at Pinewood Studios outside of London on July the 6th, according to Deadline. The outlet revealed that two weeks of pre-production would take place and everyone behind and in front of the camera would be tested for the coronavirus before stepping foot on set and retested several times throughout the shoot. Universal is reportedly spending this is going to up the budget. Add $5 million on new protocols to make the set safe. Mm-hmm. So they add that to the budget of the film. Another five I've heard million. it'll add another 10 days to most productions when you have slowdowns right. for this testing. Stopping, taking temperature. And you know. about 5 to $10 million, depending on the size of the cast and crew. Now, when the pandemic hit in March, Dominion was reportedly four weeks into a 20-week shoot. The film, the third and final in the relaunched franchise. Whoa, it's a 20-week shoot? Yeah, that's what it says. Holy moly. In the relaunched franchise is directed by Colin Trevorrow. The film also stars Justice Smith, Jake Johnson, Omar Sy, and B.D. Wong, with also Jeff Goldblum, Sam Neill, and Laura Dern set to resume their roles from the original Steven Spielberg-directed cool. film Jurassic Park. The film is currently slated on the release date of June the 11th of next year, 2021. We'll so, you know, B.D. Yeah. Wong is one of the only guys I know that can, if I close my eyes, I hear Val Kilmer. I know. Isn't it weird? It's crazy. That, and for a long time, and I still kind of do, when I hear your voice and Dirk Benedict from Battlestar Galactica and A-Team, I think you guys have the same <laughs> voice. No, I mean, they're very similar voices. I we were, I was watching, I don't know what it was, I was watching Battlestar Galactica several months ago, and it was a Starbuck-heavy episode, and I'm like, he sounds like Alan. I don't know why. And <laughs> it's, and it's nothing weird about that. I mean, it's not, and it's not an insult or anything. I'll take it's just that an observation. Over You'll take that over. For, yeah, you look like Fred Ward, but you sound like Dirk Benedict. Don't look, <laughs> I don't look a thing like Fred Ward. <laughs> I don't want to give him any fuel to call in. No, he doesn't have time. Say. Well, I told you who I thought you looked like. You remind me of Michael York. Which I'll take the that. The actor Michael York. I think your, your facial, I don't know if it's your nose Michael or York. whatever. Uh, well, I didn't, I didn't specify. <laughs> but that, no. You know, Logan's, Logan's Run and, and, yeah. and uh uh, Are you I having know? a hard time? Yeah, with this why, one? why can I think? Austin Powers. There we go. <laughs> if I can get it before I go to commercial, I'm doing a good job. Before the show ends. Before the show ends, I thought of who it was. So yeah, so uh, yeah, Michael York. Have That's you, my have mother. Have you seen him lately? <laughs> no, I haven't. Michael York is just suffers from a blood disease of the eyes, and when you see him, I'll show you a picture of him on the break when we go off the air. Uh, his it's just he's almost unrecognizable, and it's unfortunate when something like that happens Aww. to somebody, especially who's an actor who counts on you know sometimes their appearance, I guess. But he hasn't. I don't think he's been anything for a while. But wow. it's a rare blood disorder of it affects his eyes, and uh, I'll show you a picture of him, and you probably won't recognize him. But that's that's terrible. Uh, I want to thank Barbara. She came by the studio again today to bring us some uh, goodies and snacks and food, and she's keeping us. Man, she's keeping us in snacks. A listener that comes by and brings. Why snacks. do you think she's included? 
including hard-boiled eggs lately. I don't know. Is, it, but, is she making a comment on us? But they're good, though. <laughs> hard-boiled? <laughs> you had one last week, and I ate the other I did. I ate it. So, yeah. It was we, good. She's a great. She's a, I'm glad I she's love out eggs. there. We love her to death. And she's a fantastic listener. Uh, I don't have uh, uh, enough time to get to the story, but Netflix goes big with a movie called The Gray Man's going to go into production, and it's the Russo brothers that are going to be directing it. from. A, I think it's from a book or a or book series or something like that. Uh, it's going to have uh, Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans. They're sticking with a with an actor they're familiar with, and it's it's like a um, it's like a James Bondish secret agent type thing called the, the Gray, Gray Man. Man. Huh. I've never heard of that, but it's the Russo brothers, big movie makers, that are going to spend lots of money. It's going to be a, have a huge budget on Netflix. So you think with the Russo brothers, you think so? I mean, <laughs> yeah, they tend to spend a little money. They feel they feel like they can spend it now. But isn't it cool that if you work for a franchise like Alan, if we're chosen to make a Marvel movie? Or something big that just right off the bat they're like, okay, you got a big budget already. You don't have to fight for it. Oh <laughs> no, I'll take the two guys great? from Stranger Things. <laughs> just pitch this kind of crazy idea. Yeah. Like, just let let us try to make this ten episode thing. We know it probably won't go <laughs> yeah. anywhere. That's right. And now you got not only a fourth season coming out, you've got a whole new show and million. There's throwing money at what you. What a horrible problem to have to have to scramble and go. We got to make another season. People like this. We got to come up with more. And they did. They really did. Well, thanks for being here, as usual. Time flies, man. Time. I can't believe two hours are gone. Wonderful time on Saturday. I'm glad you had a good time at your graduation for your kids last night. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, congratulations to everyone that got to graduate, at least got to do it, really. It's BK on the air. We'll be back with more Nostalgic Geekiness next week. See you then. You've all seen how Orko's magical tricks don't always go the way he planned. Sometimes they backfire on him. The same thing is true of practical jokes. Sometimes they don't go the way you planned, and... You or someone else can get hurt. So be sure and think twice before playing a joke or a trick on anybody. Might not go the way you planned and someone could wind up losing a finger or an arm or maybe even an eye. And no joker's worth that, is it? See you again soon.